Welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. I'm Fahim Mujahid, a Miami-based integrative health and life coach, fitness and nutrition expert, personal trainer, and private yoga and meditation teacher. Each week, we'll explore meaningful content surrounding the importance and impact of living a life of mindfulness or inspiring interviews with the same intention. Together, we'll incorporate a variety of topics given with the same intention to educate, enrich, and inspire one's life. Welcome home. Today is a special day. I have one of my all-time favorite health coaches here in Miami um, who recently moved here not too long ago, actually. And ever since making a transition to Miami has been a beautiful, a beautiful energy within our beautiful Miami community. And I'm so excited to have been able to be blessed with the opportunity to do things in the past with her. And we have a lot of really cool things coming out into the future. So the friend, the dynamic rock star that I'm speaking about is Colleen Egan. Um, and like I said, she moved here recently. She's a really good friend of mine, but an even better health coach. Colleen, welcome to the Brief Life Podcast. Thank you, Fa. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so I told him that you recently relocated here, but I didn't tell him from where did you relocate from. I'm originally from Connecticut. Nice. And I moved to Miami about five years ago. Okay. Yeah, which went by in a blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, how do you... I know for me, moving to Miami, it was it was a it was an adjustment. You know, I, I came here with all these pre-conditioned belief systems about what I thought Miami was. You know, I saw a lot of the Sean Combe Puff white parties and and all the people laying out on the beach. So I I had this expectation. So I didn't necessarily feel like there were certain aspects of this community that I desired were going to be here in Miami. Um, but then when I moved here, I was like, oh, wow, there's there's consciousness here. There's a lot of people doing really meaningful work. It's not just parties all the time. There's actually a lot of substance. So when you came here to Miami, did you also have kind of like an idea of what you thought Miami was? Or was it just completely newfounded, unfounded territory for you? A little bit of both. Um, yeah. Miami, I definitely had the impression that Miami was a party town. It was like something out of a Will Smith video, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Absolutely. which in a sense it is. It's very transient. There's a lot of tourism. There's a lot of different cultures that mesh here. But um, as far as the mindful community and the raising of consciousness, that was quite a surprise to find. And uh, I'm glad I found that community because it's very in alignment with my objective um, and my what's what is passionate to me. So yeah. um, I yes and no. Okay. It, it definitely exceeded my expectations, but in, in a way, it definitely met my expectations. Outstanding. Yeah. Now, were you already kind of evolving into the space of being a health coach prior to your move, or was it something that happened during your transition that you stepped into this role of being health coach and doing some of the dynamic, powerful work that you're doing now? That happened in my transition. Okay. So when I moved to Miami, the reason I moved is because I kind of hit a quarter-life crisis. Okay. I moved about at about 25 years old. Nice. And I had a plan in place. I graduated college. I was going to go back to grad school, and I was going to be a physician assistant, and I had it all figured out. Mm. Um, but then I realized after having worked in the medical field prior to grad school that this was not what I wanted. Mm. So I kind of panicked a little bit because everyone my age was getting their life together. Right. And I was not ready to do that. Well, I was, but I also wanted to know what is it that I truly want to do with my life because I knew I wanted to offer something meaningful. Sorry, Tribe, I'm turning the fan around. 
perfect. Voice. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was trying to do it as as ninja-like as I could. <laughs> it's all good. So you knew okay. you wanted to do something more meaningful. Yes. I apologize. No, no worries. Not, not at all. No worries. Um, so I took off to Miami, um, having never been here, just kind of on a whim. Okay. Um, I knew that what I was looking for, I was not going to find in Connecticut. Mm. Um, so I changed my environment first, and then I really started diving into my own personal development and you know self journey, if you will, and trying to figure out you know who am I, what do I want. Those are questions that I never asked before. Mm. And so my first year or two in Miami was a lot of that. And within that process, I also had underwent my own health transformation. I lost about 30 pounds. Oh, wow. um, I was incredibly anxious, but I started working on my anxiety, diving into that. Where is that stemming from? And through my own transformation, I got inspired to then help other people do the same thing because I was like, I'm not the only one going through this. There's no right. way. So I wanted to provide a service that could facilitate that journey for other people oh, and so awesome. it, it kind of came as a result yeah you know it, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes where it says a hero is someone that heals themselves and then teaches others how to heal themselves which is that. really powerful and it seems like in a lot of ways as you were figuring out what really worked with your own healing you're now being able to use a lot of those tools to help other people Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you were going through that healing process, did you always have you always kind of looked at yourself as being kind of like a healer and a teacher? Although this might be a new journey for you, have you always kind of like found yourself being in that leadership teacher kind of role, or was that new in and of itself as well? Um, it's interesting because I've I've been given leadership roles throughout my life. Um, I've played sports and I've been the captain of my team before and. Um, but I never quite felt comfortable in that role for some reason. So that's something I've had to really just own and um, develop the confidence to own. Mm. So that's come with time. Um, mm. Now I consider myself to be a helper, a healer, and I take the title with you know, a lot of pride. Right. So it's, it's evolved for yeah. sure over time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because as it evolved, you almost have to, not almost, but you have to evolve the way you see yourself, right? Yeah. That's the most... You know, that's the most powerful part that gets left out a lot of times. You know, mm-hmm. I think when I stopped playing, when I stopped playing ball originally, it was like, all right, you play ball. That's what you do. So now trying to see myself doing anything else, you know, becoming vegan and, and starting to do more distant running where all I knew was a certain sport, it was hard to see me in a different space because I, I wasn't allowing myself to see myself in that space. Right. So for you coming from that athletic background and always being drawn to those leadership roles, I imagine that that strength shows up in a lot of ways with the coaching that you do with the clients that you work with now. Oh, for sure. It definitely provided a good foundation um, of discipline, um, developing a good habit, Mm -hmm. good habits, because I have to set the example, right? Right. for my clients, I have to walk yeah. my talk. So sports definitely instilled a lot of good work ethic mm-hmm. in me that mm-hmm. um, allows me to be a leader and allows me to facilitate, you know, um, or create the space for other people to go through their own journey. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's powerful because, you know, one, I think we need more people in the world like you that are doing the work on the front lines. You're really helping people not only seek out more fulfillment and purpose in their own lives, right? But you're healing them through whatever traumas and whatever stories that they're, that they're taking on, whatever messaging throughout their life. But what I find is, 
when you stepped into that space for the first time and said, you know what, all right, so I'm going to be a coach. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this as a vehicle for me to heal other people. Did you find that gravitating or finding people with whom to work with, was that something that naturally came for you? Or was it something that was challenging, right? Because it's one thing to say, okay, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. But then how did you find how did you find the clients? How did that show up for you? Did you find that it really happened in an organic way or were you more intentional in marketing yourself a certain way? So I find that the universe, once we claim or once we stake who we are, the universe usually responds in a way in kind. So I'm, I'm wondering, was, did you find that as you evolved into that role, um, the people that you work with now, did they come somewhat naturally or, or did you have to kind of seek them out? Uh, I definitely had to seek them out okay. in the beginning, for yeah. sure. Now I'm getting more people coming to me just based off of um, webinars I've done or workshops I've done or word of mouth, which mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. But in the beginning, I basically said, all right, here I am. You know, here's my pretty website. I'm open yeah. up, you know, I'm open for business. But being a coach is one thing. Mm -hmm. Being a business person is a completely different thing. So Absolutely. I had to learn a whole new role, essentially. Right. And stepping into that was very foreign mm -hmm. so i had a lot of resistance come up so i had to work through a lot of internal resistance um in the beginning and then eventually i started doing some in-person workshops mm -hmm. i um, yeah i went was, to one yes you did you went to my stress <laughs> management workshop yeah yeah yeah. i almost got lost you i was were, like where the hell is this place but yeah you were the surprise guest yes yes <laughs> it was a surprise it was a beautiful experience so you started doing more events like that? More events in person, reaching out to people I knew, and just putting myself out there and being more vocal. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely took a new level of confidence because what I do is new and people kind of, you know, they're like, what? what your health yeah. coach? What is that? And yeah. so um, there's definitely a lot of questions that I get thrown my way. So kind of navigating all of that and building the confidence to speak about what I do. Mm -hmm. um, took some time in the beginning and then eventually the marketing aspect be became a lot easier because number one I know who I want to work with I know how to speak to them yeah. I'm more certain about what I offer so mm -hmm. it's evolved it's in the beginning it's a hustle yeah. it really is and yeah. you have to be scrappy yeah, yeah. So. you know what I found when I for me it was when I started evolving into like really like getting into coaching it was really exciting and I had someone who asked me, okay, well, who do you work with? I'm like, oh my God, I work with everybody. <laughs> and, as, and as beautiful it is, as it is to say that, to have, uh, not to say, not, not to say like a specific niche, but to have a certain audience that you really anchor in on mm -hmm. is something that's powerful, right? Once you have that clarity, it can not only clarify your message as you broadcast it and communicate it, but it also clarifies the, the extra work that you want to do to really master that that element or master that lane, right? So if you're working with someone that's healing from an abusive relationship, just using that as an example, mm -hmm. you become so clear in that focus that you start really analyzing every opportunity for you to grow and evolve in that specific realm of relationships. Whereas opposed to just being a, a coach that's as general as that is, you just try to find a way of figuring it out as you're meeting each client and working with each client. So there's something very powerful in saying, I'm a coach, but this is the audience that I specifically work with or I tailor my message to. So for you, who is that audience for you? And then when and how long did it take you to really kind of step into identifying what your specific audience was going to be? Yeah, so I, I resonate with what you say about yeah. in the beginning, I wanted to help everyone. And it sounds yeah. great, but um, 
you're not going to vibe with everyone, right? right? And like you don't speak the same verbiage as everyone. You don't, um, yeah, you don't, the best word I can use is vibe. You don't vibe yeah. with everyone the same. And so just through the clients that I've had, I've learned who I vibe with and who I don't. And the way I filter out my group or my niche, if you will, mm -hmm. there's three qualities that I require and that I go based off of. Number yeah. one, is this person who's inquiring about my services, are they open-minded? Are they mm -hmm. open to receiving new information that may challenge their current belief system, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of transformation takes place from breaking away from our old belief system and our old identity. So they yeah. have to be open to receiving new information that may pose a challenge. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing to do the work, the hard work, because it's not easy. Right. Um, it's certainly challenging in a lot of ways, but it's all the more rewarding. Right. Um, and they have to be driven. They have to want it. They have to be hungry because I can't do that for them. Yeah. I can provide the framework. I can provide the tools. I can provide the space and the container. But ultimately what makes it successful is how bad the client wants to make these changes and make yeah. these improvements. So those are the three qualities that I really look for when okay. I'm meeting somebody. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are, I mean, those are three powerful, powerful qualities, right? And. And like you said, once you identify that in someone, there's really no limit to what they could accomplish. Exactly. You know, it's funny, you know, when I think about your presence as just as, as a spirit and your presence as a person, you have a really beautiful presence about yourself. Oh, thank you. You know, which is which is why I really enjoyed going to the workshop that you were having. And I knew from that moment on that I was like, all right, I really want her to be a part of the Brief Life Tribe. And, you know, we got a chance last month to actually share space in the tribal talk that we did at Panthers Coffee. Shout out Panthers Coffee. And one of the things that we were talking about was intuition, right? Yeah. And it was such a beautiful conversation and people came and shared. And so as I was thinking about, I was like, you know what? She has such a unique story, message, purpose. Like, what do I want to make this conversation about? And, you know, we could go back and forth off of each other's energy all day because you're just, you're really dope. You have a really dope dope energy about yourself but when I thought about okay what is it that we can kind of uncover and unpack together the word success kept coming up right and I don't I, I've learned not to question when things show up for me in my life but when I think about the tribal talk where you and I kind of went on that journey together and we created that space for other people to share not only did not only was it successful but I saw myself in that space and realizing that the way in which I define success was changing, mm. right? Because if someone would have told me two years ago or even a year ago that I'll be cultivating communities and having conversations like this, I would have thought they were out of their mind, right? right? Yeah. So not only is how I see success evolving, um, but also how I show up in those moments that feel successful to me, mm -hmm. starting to change, right? So I said, all right, well, Colleen's the perfect person to have this discussion about. So I want to kind of go on this journey about success with you. And, and as I was kind of doing my own little, my own little research on it, you know, when you look up the definition for success, there's three things that come up, right? The first thing, or the first statement, it says the accomplishment of an aim or purpose, right? So the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. The second statement, the attainment of popularity or profit. And I feel like popularity oh, right. is something, right? That, yeah. that that drives our society, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. Profit as well. Right, sure. right, absolutely. And then the third one, it says, a person or thing that achieves desired aim or obtains prosperity. 
So they're kind of all saying the same thing, but in a different way. And I agree with you. The third one resonated with me more. But I figure I open up and, and to ask you, I think although we have the Webster Dictionary of words, words can mean something completely different to every person. So I guess it's more of a question, how does success show up to you in your life? How do you define success? What comes up for you when you think about success? I know you so well. I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so I thought about it, and yeah. it's a really good question because success is subjective. Yeah. What I consider to be success looks different from what you consider to be success. Right. So the way I would define it is when your outer world or my outer world is a direct reflection of what's inside. Mm. Um, because that's where true alignment, I believe, occurs. Mm -hmm. When the, out and the, the inner and the outer are um, in harmony. Yeah. And it takes courage to to live a life that's truly authentic to you because not everyone's going to understand it, not everyone's going to get it. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, that's ultimately what success looks, feels like, and how I would define it. That's awesome. Now, now I just kind of reference how I kind of went on this evolution of the def of how it shows up for me in my life. That definition and how it resonates with you now. Has that always been an awareness that you had about success or did you evolve into that as well? I evolved into it. <laughs> and I would say within the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had a very, what I would say, skewed uh, perception of success. Very, yeah. the standard American version yeah. of success. Money, wealth, yeah. that's the same thing. Yeah. Wealth, um, beautiful home, material possessions, mm -hmm. having a uh, status at, in your career. Yeah. Um, so I was, I very much had that that vision in my mind most of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what drove my initial career choices and my schooling. And then when I had that honest conversation with myself, like this isn't what I want, yeah. all of that kind of shattered. And I had to reframe all of that. Yeah. And so to me, I would consider myself the most successful I've ever been like right now because everything on the outside is is aligning with what's truly inside of me. I'm living an honest life. That's amazing. That makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. You know, and I think when you think about like kind of like how the messaging of what success is in our in our society, I think I know personally a lot of the people that I work with, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to work with, in a lot of ways they go through that same story where they put all this effort and time and energy into acquiring success because they think that level of success is going to automatically equate to fulfillment and happiness when you talk about or when you think about the people that you work with do you find that most people that you work with are already feeling successful or do you find that they're all just like a lot of the clients that i talk to we're all kind of reshaping how we define success especially nowadays mm -hmm. right i think we're stepping into a certain awareness that wasn't always there um definitely most of the people that i'm working with currently and previously mm -hmm reshaping mm. we're in in this period of reshaping what success means and redefining what success means um i find that most people have like this outside thing that once they have this thing they're going to consider themselves successful so i had to kind of reel in a lot of clients and, and explain to them that this isn't an outside thing success is something you can attain right now it's not mm. something that you constantly need to be chasing because then that means you're living from a place of lack right and getting people to understand that you already have everything and you're you are already whole and successful mm. and you, a 
abundant right now in this moment. That's mm. the key to really flourishing, I believe. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's, it's that's a really powerful statement. And I and I actually feel like for me personally, that's the that was always like the missing piece. Mm -hmm. Like I was I was brought up to believe to be focused and driven towards the life that you want, the success that you want. You have these objectives and you do everything you can to accomplish them. But what I started realizing within the last four or five years when I started going on that journey of self-exploration is that it's not enough to say, hey, you know what? I have the goal of being an impact on the world. The most powerful thing you can do is say, I'm already that, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Instead of yep. saying, hey, I want to accomplish or I see myself accomplishing this thing, come from a place that's so tied into already arriving at that place, being already be there, mm -hmm. and then kind of like allowing your life to catch up with you. Yeah. I found that was a missing piece for me. Like I, I, I always knew one way, right? All right, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to do that, I want to accomplish that. And then you work towards it. But then when you find out the missing piece all along was no, you're supposed to feel that you've already accomplished it. And then everything falls into place, right? Absolutely. Right. So when did that when did that reality or when 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 did you come into that truth where you knew that that was kind of like there you go that was like an aha moment for me, right? So when did when did you come into that? I remember exactly when that moment was. Um, it was roughly a year and a half ago. My fiance and I got back from a six month travel uh, world tour, if you will, and we, you know, established roots again in Miami. And we were starting to buy all our furniture again because we had gotten rid of everything. So we really just had an empty space to fill. And I kept feeling like, I don't have enough. Like I have to work harder. I have to get these things. I have to, you know, get this beautiful kitchen table that I want. And, and it was in that moment that I started to feel really anxious again. And mm -hmm. so I had to go back to my meditative practice. And then I also started a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. And it was when I got into those practices particularly the gratitude that I started to realize I have everything that I could possibly need mm. and will ever need in this moment. Yeah. And the more I started to connect with that and that this moment is perfect as it is and my needs are taken care of and I have everything I need, then the, the abundance <clears throat> started to come. Yeah. And so I just keep replicating that in any aspect of my life, already being grateful and knowing that I have everything that I, I need. Nice. And I think you said something earlier when we started that um, appreciate what you have now, take mm -hmm. care of what you have now, and yeah. more will come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's very relevant. Yeah, and you know what? It's powerful. Like, a gratitude in a meditative practice is so important, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, recently I, I, I go through these moments in life where, you know, stress gets the best of you. You start letting, you start losing one thought and then you lose the other. And then you realize that you're back in this like, oh shit, I, I fell into the zone that I didn't want to be in. Survival mode. Right, survival mode, yeah. exactly. And what I usually, whenever I'm in those moments, I look and I'm like, oh bro, you haven't meditated today. Or yeah. hey, you know what? Because you've been traveling, you haven't really kept a consistent gratitude journal. So why don't you just kind of slow down and start back what you know what works, those tools. So that practice of meditation and journaling for you, when did you start incorporating that into your life? Um, probably about five years ago when I moved to Miami. Okay. Um, I was inconsistent with mm, it and yeah. I was very goal oriented with it. I okay. kept looking for a certain result. Mm. And I realized if you're constantly looking for a result from 
whatever it is you're doing, whether it's meditation, especially meditation, mm -hmm. um, you're going to miss the whole point of it. Right. So it wasn't as effective as it is now. Right. Now I'm less goal oriented and more just about being in the moment and connecting with the moment. Nice. Um, so now I, I started five years ago. Now it's more effective and I'm more consistent with it. Now I can kind of like hear people who are ever, who are listening right now, part of the tribe. They're gonna be like, "Well, ask her. Is it as powerful if you're not consistent?" She says she was in, she was inconsistent at the beginning. So let me ask you that question. You speak to not being consistent at the at the early at the early stages of when you started incorporating those two tools into your life. Do you find that meditation and the gratitude journaling could still be equally as impactful and powerful even when you're not as consistent with it? I do. I do. Um, I think consistency has its uh, benefit, but I don't necessarily feel that like you have to meditate every single day in order to receive um, a powerful benefit from it. Mm. I think it's better yeah. if you were to do it more consistently. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that's still something I'm exploring myself. Yeah. But I do believe that you could still receive a tremendous benefit even if you aren't as consistent. Mm. If it's not an everyday thing. Right. You're better off meditating once or twice a week than you are not doing it at all. Mm. I would definitely argue that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I want to go back to something that you said that I was kind of like uh, digesting, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know, you, you talk, we talk about how there seems to be a certain consciousness that's coming up as it relates to success. People coming to you, reframing is the word that you use. Mm -hmm. Now, I imagine that the reframing of sort started happening before their relationship with you mm -hmm. right and you're kind of helping them clarify what's going on and putting the pieces together so then that begs the question where do you feel like that awareness of reframing is coming from like because when you look out at the messaging that we receive i don't know if there's been a change in that messaging right when you look at the conversations i think conversations like this is happening more consistently within our community but it, i don't know if there's any one place that i could point to to give credit to saying, okay, well, this is what's starting to change, which is what's awakening a lot of people to that thought process. You know, the only thing I can think about is that so many people are starting to be transparent about accomplishing the high rise in Soho, only to be empty and want to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And people are starting to see like, oh, wow, what do you mean? So you mean this won't make me happy or won't make my life complete? You have people who are leading the charge from Jim, Jim Carrey to, um, to Oprah and they're being transparent right about mental wellness and, and what it means to have a practice about gratitude and stuff like that are those the leaders of our communities the motors of our communities the celebrities and stuff like that do you think they're the reason why of this awareness or this uh, um, there's space now for people to reframe how we see success or what we see success or do you think there's something else to be uh, attributed to that too? That's a really good question because yeah. I think about it often yeah. and I think it's multiple things. Mm. It's a lot of what you said. There's a lot of voices out there, powerful voices who are speaking up and having these types of conversations, mm -hmm. which I think is one aspect of it. And I think the other aspect is I would argue that right now we have a lot of conflict in our society, in our world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of crisis happening mm -hmm. and it's getting people to question you know what are we doing here mm. what is this all for and yeah. why is it so painful and 
especially on the topic of mental health, mm -hmm. right? There's all these these mass shootings occurring to the yeah. point where it's normal. It's almost normal at this point. So yeah. I think a lot of people are stopping, taking a step back and saying like, what's happening and how can I have an impact? What can I do to help, you know, change the trajectory our society and our civilization is going on, going mm -hmm. in? And then they find those people like, um, who did you mention just now? Jim Carrey and like yeah. um, Joe Rogan and people yeah. who are having these types of conversations. And then they're taking that and they're blasting it out to the people around them. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, I think it's multiple things all at once. Yeah. And so a lot of people are waking up just based on their own questioning, mm -hmm. asking what can I do to better myself? And because yeah. I really do believe if we want the collective mm -hmm. to be more mindful and live a more harmonious, healthy life together, yeah. Yeah. it starts with the individual. Yeah, The collective is a reflection of what's happening on the individual level. So I think a lot of people are starting to come around to that. I love that, yeah. I love that. You know, what I found interesting, the most interesting when I started thinking about the ways in areas of my life that I actually felt like I was feeling the most successful in, I spent my entire time avoid, avoiding or doing whatever I could to avoid the feeling of failure because I thought it would lead to feeling like a failure. What I'm starting to realize, what resonates with me, is that usually when I go in the direction of things that may require a little bit of failure for me to understand the ins and outs of things, for me to gain that experience that's needed, those same things that are in my path for me to fail at are the things that also lead to me feeling successful, right? So it's the thing that I was trying to avoid, or it's not only is it important, but it's almost an, it's almost necessary. So it's almost a requirement to arrive at that place of feeling successful. So that language about what's failure and what's success, I found that you know it, I had to unpack both of those words, right? Absolutely. And do you find that when you think about in, in, in areas of your life that you are becoming more successful in, like you said, this, the current state where you feel right now, you really feel like you're really anchored in that level of success mm -hmm. and feeling successful. But that doesn't mean that you don't do things that require risk and you challenge yourself to grow and evolve. So then that brings about a degree of fear of failure, right? So do you do you make peace with knowing that, hey, you know what, on this journey, there's gonna be, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna stumble, but that doesn't mean that it, takes away from the end goal of what success feels like for me in my direction. That yeah, makes sense. I, I embrace failure more so than ever before. I mm. think um, you cannot have success without failure. Mm. Failure, success is just the result of failing over and over and over again, Right. in my opinion. It's oh, trial yeah. and error. Yeah, hell yeah. And, and failure, I would like to say, I had to reframe this word as well, mm -hmm. uh, because failure is, is subjective like yeah. it's only failure if you don't do something about it but mm -hmm. in reality what we consider to be failure is just feedback mm -hmm. for our next step and when i reframed it in that manner mm -hmm. i became a lot less afraid of falling on my face yeah. and looking stupid because mm -hmm. i know that that's the next stepping stone to where i ultimately want to be mm -hmm. so you can't have one without the other they're they're synonymous yeah so reframing how I looked at failure was a huge component of tapping into that success. Okay. Because you have to, you have to have one. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. It's like the theory of yin and yang, right? Yeah. You need yeah. the dark to have the light. You need 100%. the hot to have the cold. It's the same with you need the, fail the failure to have success. Yeah. But failure, in my opinion, is only failure if you let it stop you. Mm. Powerful. Okay. You know, one of the things that 
my mind went to recently as you were as you were communicating just now as you were talking just now i had a, a another healer friend of mine and her and i we had a conversation yesterday and she had said okay well who are your expanders who are your expanders and i was like all right so first of all let's make sure that we're understanding it i'm i'm receiving it the way in which you're intended how are you like how will you define it expanders and she said well who do you have in your life? It could be someone that you know, it could be someone that you don't know that you look to and when you look to it, it reminds you or it makes you, it connects with you in a way that makes your purpose in the direction that you're heading a bit clearer, right? Mm -hmm. And you use those people that you have, those expanders to inspire you when maybe you don't wanna do the things that you know or that you know your purpose is leaning you towards or wherever you feel a little bit discouraged. Those are your expanders. And I never thought about it. And then as I started thinking more about it, I was like, wow, I guess I do have, people that I look to, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be online, whether it be their literature that I read, um, that are expanders for me, that help clarify not only my purpose, but they show that the journey has, has already been walked by them. So then I see it and I know it could be done. So then I say, okay, then why not me? Exactly. So when you think about the the term or when you think about expanders in that, in that sense, do you have people in your life or do you have those groups of, or it could be one or two people in your life that you would that you would put in that category of being your expanders when you think about the work and the impact that you want to have. Absolutely, I, I get it from all different places. Okay. So definitely Instagram, I have my favorite coaches yeah. that I follow mm -hmm. and my um, influencers, if you will, that I love to, I love to see their stories, I like yeah. to read their content because it's very, it just reminds me of like who I am and what I want to accomplish. Yeah. They, they're like a reflection of what I'm trying to embody. Mm. Um, also, there's someone in particular, his name is Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's mm. a clinical psychologist. Powerful, he's, yeah. he's very controversial to some yeah. people, but the reason he's so uh, controversial is because he's all about the individual taking responsibility for themselves mm. and bettering themselves. Yeah. And he really just, in moments where I'm just questioning, you know, what am I doing here? Because I have, I still have those moments, you mm -hmm. know, what am I doing? With, What's the point of all of this? Like, I just go back to his lectures mm. and it just, it something about it straightens me out and puts me back on track. So mm. he's been a huge expander for me. Mm. Um, and always looking in those crevices, yeah. like where, what, what do I need to shine the flashlight on? What do I need to work on? What else can I, you know, improve upon? Mm -hmm. um, he's definitely been a huge inspiration for me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, he is, he is a dynamic force yeah. and he's, like you said, there's just with anything, there's going to be people on both sides of the argument, but there's unquestionable the amount of impact that he's having on the world. I mean, we need more people like him in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree. Take the good and the bad. I think we need, um, you know, one of the things, so when I think about expanders and I'm, and I'm glad you said that because it wasn't until that I started looking at who my expanders were that I started seeing certain things in common. And when I started seeing those things in common, then it became, okay, why are those things in particular? Why do those things resonate with me the way that they do? And they, and by going on that journey, my purpose became clear to myself. So let's just say, for example, I'm having this conversation with this friend of mine and she goes, well, everyone that's your expander, they have two things in common. Um, they believe in manifestation, mm -hmm. the energy that you put out, you can visualize the life that you want. And then they're big on reprogramming the trauma, the messaging that you receive early on, doing the work, developing the tools to unpack a lot of that stuff. And I didn't think about it and I was like, oh shit, yeah, okay. 
so maybe that's the lane that I should be in because I feel drawn to, whereas it wasn't clear because I was working a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of movement, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I found that that common thread between all my expanders made my purpose a bit clearer too. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the people that you have in your life that are expanders, um, do is there anything that they have in common or that you notice that's a common thread between them all? That's a really good question. Um, the one thing that they all have in common, and you already mentioned this, is the reprogramming. Mm -hmm. Reprogramming our perceptions, our beliefs, yeah. how we view ourselves, how we view others, mm -hmm. the world around us. Yeah. Um, and I spend a lot of my time personally and with my clients reframing our perceptions to ones that serve us rather than hinder us or limit yeah. us. So that's one thing that every single just off the top of my head, every single person that I look to as mm -hmm. an expander, yeah. they reprogram their perceptions to ones that are more empowering. Wow. Yeah. So then let's, uh, so I think a, 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 a reasonable assumption would be that there's people with whom you inspire, with whom you're an expander for, who may be struggling with that definition of success or arriving at a place of feeling successful. So when you think about that person listening to you right now, is there anything that you would say that could potentially go a long way for them to hear as they're going on their journey? And maybe they're, maybe they feel like they're not in a position where they could seek you out to, to receive one-on-one -on -one coaching, mm -hmm. but they are in a position where they're open and willing to receive just your message. What would you tell that person who's trying to figure it out, trying to put the pieces together, trying to feel as if they're having a more successful life in general? Is there anything that you would kind of leave them to, that would help them ultimately feel those things that they want to feel about that success in their life. So I think hmm, there's so many different ways I can go with this, but yeah. um, make, keep small promises to yourself. Hmm. I think that success, what really distinguishes someone who's successful versus someone who's unsuccessful lies in the difference of their choices and their habits. Mm. So a lot of us let ourselves off the hook. We don't follow through on the things that are we know are a priority, and mm. usually they're the harder things to, to do. Yeah. Um, my suggestion for anyone who's looking to feel that success and build that confidence towards success is first you have to start keeping small promises to yourself. Mm. So if you set a, a goal that you want to start um, putting your your physical health, let's yeah. say for example, as more of a priority. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you made a, a make an agreement with yourself. What mm. are you gonna do about it? it? Go to the gym three times a week, maybe it's running three times a week and upholding those, those agreements yeah. and just showing up. It's not about the quality of the workout. It's not about what you do while you're there. It's about just show up. Mm. And if you could start to build that little bit of consistency, which ultimately leads to confidence, Mm. which will ultimately lead to that feeling of success, you can build from there. Yeah. And it just starts with something very simple like that. Yeah. And then the second thing I would say is also remind yourself that you already have, you already have it in this moment. Mm. You have, you just have to tap into it. Yeah. And my way of tapping into it is keeping those small agreements with myself. So there's a few things that you said, well, first of all, that's very powerful. So thank you okay. for sharing that. Um, that I wanted to kind of like unpack a little bit. The first mm -hmm. thing you said, which I thought was profound, is the idea of showing up. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things, and, I, and I'll and i simplify and I'll just make it as it relates to kind of like working out. 
I always feel like I needed to, and I know this is something that I share, and there's probably some, some tribe members on the other end of this mic that are probably going to resonate with this, but I always feel like in order for me to work out, I needed to get a certain time. Mm -hmm. If I ran, I needed to run six miles. Four wouldn't do it. Three wouldn't do it. If I were if I were working out in the gym, I needed to make sure it was 60 minutes. 25 minutes wouldn't do it. 30 minutes wouldn't do it. And I think that what I realized is when I started just kind of analyzing where that was coming from, and I gave myself the freedom to just show up mm -hmm. and just understand that, you know, Fahim, sometimes you're going to be restricted on time. Sometimes you're going to get four miles in and realize that you don't want to do it anymore. Right. And that has to be okay. And when I started letting myself off the hook that way, the most amazing thing happened. I started enjoying each moment much more. Each moment showed up to be much more meaningful for me in my life. So when it comes to you and teaching your clients, I find that that's where they have the most challenge. Just understanding that it doesn't have to look a certain way. Exactly. Your meditation doesn't have to look like this tomorrow. It can look different. So is it is it a challenge for you to communicate that and get people to understand that just showing up is the victory in and of itself? Um, in the beginning, they don't always understand. I will mm. say most people don't, it doesn't click because they're so used to being goal-oriented or, mm. or having this, this expectation of how it's supposed to look. Right. So all I, all I do in the beginning is really just ha start having the conversation with them and eventually a seed is planted and it grows and it grows and it grows and in two, three months down the road, they're getting it and they're mm. doing it. More importantly, they're doing it. They're just yeah. showing up and they're enjoying it a lot more and they're more relaxed. They're less stressed or tensed about the thing that they are. Most of the time it's fitness and mm. it revolves around fitness. That's why I use that example. Yeah. So they're able to enjoy, like you said, enjoy the moment more, enjoy mm. their workouts more. And they're actually being consistent for the first time in who knows how long, some, some people years. Yeah. So it's not always um, received right away. I find that there's a lag time between mm -hmm. acquiring the information and having that conversation versus actually implementing it. It's yeah. time. Yeah. You know, and the people that you work with are blessed to have someone like yourself that are going to keep them and hold them to hold them accountable, right? Oh, thank you. So when you think about like that advice that you just gave our tribe members, how important is it for them to find their community or find people in their lives that's going to help them stay accountable to those goals, those daily goals, right? It's, it's um, imperative. Yeah. I believe imperative because there are going to be days where you just don't feel like it or you just want to let yourself off the hook or you just want to kind of let things slide and you need that, that anchor. Mm. That's the way it, like the tribe that we have, the tribal yeah. talks, the, yeah. the meditations, all of that, that's an anchor for me. That's why mm. I, I haven't missed one. Yeah, you're consistent. I, I and there's times where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know, it's raining. If someone's gonna show up, and then you, you're always, you're, yeah. you're always the first one there and you come with so much beautiful energy. So I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for those. And, and I, I get so much out of it. Mm. It's, um, it reminds me of who I am and what's important to me. And I also have had my own coach for about Oh my gosh, we're going on over three years now. Nice. I've been with her. Nice. And um, that has helped me tremendously in keeping me on track. She does not take any BS. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Yeah. No joke. There's no gray. No, right? no, nope. I love it. I love it. And also, too, I think the biggest thing, too, about finding that support system is that it can look, it, it can look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, you know, I remember working with doing some some work this past summer with helping um, at this nonprofit camp that we were doing. 
And one of the kids just stood up and I'm like, well, I don't have that support system. And I told him, I said, it can look different from you, right? It could be, it could be the groundskeeper at the park that you jog to from home. You know, start a relationship with that guy and say, hey, every day I want to be here at three o'clock in, in the afternoon and have him hold you accountable to that. It doesn't have to be, you would hope that it would come from a friend or a family member or something like that, someone close to you. But I think on a, on a worldly level, I think we all, want, we all want to encourage each other to be the best version of ourselves. So finding people that are in route of what you're trying to pursue to just hope you, to help you be accountable and know that it, that just like showing up may look different every day to show up, your community, your support system could look different as well. Absolutely. And it's something that I, I do believe is a proactive um, act. Yeah. It's not something that's just going to be handed to you. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. if you're at the right place at the right time, but often I think it's, you have to cultivate that. Mm -hmm. You have to place yourself in the path of those who are doing what you want to be doing and yeah. who are like-minded. Mm. You have to, and that can be uncomfortable, right? We're not all outgoing and yeah. extroverts here. So for me, that was a challenge, yeah. but it, it paid off because I have my, I have my people, yeah. I have my tribe, I have my anchors and yeah. it's, it's definitely something that's proactive. I yeah. believe. Yeah. It's amazing. So when you think about like anchors and, and, There'll, there'll be there's a time coming up where I want to share with you. I think you're I think you're already aware of my anchor, but I'll speak to you a little <laughs> bit about that. An anchor being something obviously you can find that anchoring in people, but also I think there's something powerful in having something on you or something that you can see that reminds you to check in with yourself. Do you have an anchor in your life that that you carry with you everywhere or that you place on your dresser drawer or that you have in your car that by just looking at it, it could be a photo of a loved one? Do you have those anchors in your life that aren't people? that go with you everywhere that remind you to kind of anchor into where you or how the kind of life that you want to experience? I have two. Okay. Um, one is my breath. Okay. Because I can always have it with me. Yeah. And it works all, every single time. Nice. So those moments where I'm... Sounds like a commercial. Yeah, I know. I love right? that. I, love, I was like, I want some. And it's free. <laughs> You're like, you got it, boo. <laughs> no side effects. Right, right, right. Um, so that's, breath, that's my, powerful. I always go to my breath. Okay. Um, and then the second thing is I have a, I'm not wearing it today, but it's a, a citrine necklace. It's a crystal okay. and it's all about um, confidence and self or self-confidence and inner power. And when I connect with the stone, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people believe that there's energy that it carries, which I do, but it's more so a, um, it's a mental representation of like, always remember to, to stand firm in my power wow. and to stand firm in my confidence because it can, you know, that, that can waver. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've really had to build over the years. So mm -hmm. that's just my thing that I wear and I'll hold it, I'll play with it. And it's just, mm -hmm. it serves as a nice reminder for me. Wow. Wow. Well, Colleen, this journey has been amazing and, and, and just as beautiful as I knew it would be. Um, we're entering the part of the podcast that I, I used to call, well, I, I used to call the red zone just back in my football days, but now I'm going to call it answering the anchor, right? Because it's more intentional. I feel more connected to that because these are, these are all questions that show up for me when I think about holding my anchor, right? So mm -hmm. rapid fire. Okay. All right. So the first question is, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Costa Rica. Wow, why Costa Rica? It's my favorite place in the world. Nice. It really is. I feel so disconnected when I'm there. Okay. Disconnected, but connected, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, so then the second question, how do you move? Like what form of movement do you oh, really Jesus. identify with? Um, yoga, running, mm. weightlifting. Yeah. Those are my three 
go-tos that I cir circulate through. Okay, awesome. Okay, and then how do you heal? In solitude, mm. in stillness, and reflection. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, solitude is a beautiful, powerful thing. And it gets, the messaging around solitude is always negative, I find. There's a difference between isolation and solitude. Yeah. Isolation, I think, is you're purposely withdrawing. Yeah. Um, and solitude is more, you are just settling into the quietness around you mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to um, sink into whatever it is calling your attention. Yeah. And it, it can be addicting. Yeah. It can be definitely be addicting. Oh, sign me up. I miss, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm the guy that'll go to the movie by myself. Mm -hmm. I'll go to dinner by myself. Um, I'm blessed to have a beautiful family, but it's important. I think those times are important to make sure that you're giving those moments of solitude to yourself. Yep. Especially if you have a life that's intentionally pouring into other people. Yep. And yeah. it's to your, the, your loved one's benefit for yeah. you to have that time. Because you need to reconnect with yourself. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so then how do you feel? How do you feel yourself? What are you What are you consuming now? What are you eating? I eat a lot of plant-based okay. foods. Okay, nice. Shout um, out. Yeah. Shout out. Okay. <laughs> Um, I was, I eat about one to two meals a day, okay. a lot of greens, mm -hmm. um, quinoa, vegetables, um, avocados. Yeah. I'm obsessed with avocados. Maybe a little to the too right, much. You come to the right state. <laughs> I city did, for I sure. Did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, one thing you know for sure. I don't know why this popped into my head. Yeah. Life is a dream. Mm. Life is but a dream. Wow. Um, I guess that's been a reoccurring theme for me lately mm -hmm. because I can often take things a little too seriously mm -hmm. and I have to remember that we're here to play. Yeah. We're here to experience. Yeah. And it's just, it's a dream. Yeah. It's a dream. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Where, where, where did I hear that? Was that a, like a, 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 like a Disney movie or something? I watched a lot of Disney movies. <laughs> me too. I have a lot of sisters, so I've like memorized all <laughs> oh, the entire the collection. <laughs> blame the sisters. Um, okay, so then the last question is, what would you want to leave, right? I think there's an opportunity whenever we get on this journey in space, when we captivate someone's attention, even if it's just for a moment. So assuming that there's somebody somewhere still listening and they haven't checked off yet, <laughs> What what would you want to leave them with? Oh man. I know that's a that's a powerful question. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Just love. Just yeah. Love. Yeah. yeah. It's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, I could come up with a lot of different answers, yeah, 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 but yeah. I just want to be kind of to the point. Yeah. yeah. Simple and powerful. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Okay. Cheers to that. If I could leave a little love behind, yeah. I'm. Well, you're doing it. You're doing it now. Successful. You're doing it now. I'm definitely loving this journey with you. And as a token of the tribe and myself, our love and, and, and honor to be able to share this time and moment with you, I want to make sure that we leave you with one of our beautiful anchors. I'm oh. sure you have a number of these. I'm going to get you a brand new one from behind you. But an anchor um, for me is a white lacrosse ball. I'll take it with me everywhere I go. Um, obviously, you know, being a part of our tribe, it's, we use it for so many different ways of connecting and, and communicating with one another. So as a gift from our tribe to, to you, we want to make sure that we leave you with one. So I'll make sure, tribe, I'm going to make sure she has one before she leaves. Thank you, Fa. I'm so no, grateful. I, I'll be honest, out of all those talks, I've always given back the lacrosse ball. But I do want one. <laughs> want yeah, one yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I still, I keep every single one of them, oh which is gosh. why you'll find so many in this studio already written on. 
because I just find it, it's an opportunity for me to connect with the people who are there. Mm -hmm. And it stays with me when I feel like, oh, do I really want to do this again? Oh, do I want to look for another space? Oh, do I want to take time to meet with vendors? And you go and you come in here and you see the collection of lacrosse balls that are already written on. You think about each one of them representing a person who you impacted sure. to whatever extent. It keeps you motivated. So I'm sure I have the ball that you've already you written You probably on. do. And if I do, you can take that one. Or That's take so a little, or whatever. Um, all right, so then what are you currently working on and how can the listeners get in contact with you? Um, currently, I am transitioning my, my coaching business a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's still within the health realm, but I'm niching down more into individuals who are looking to tap more into their their purpose, more meaningful work. That's something that's very uh, passionate to me yeah. because I had to do, I did the same. So yeah. people, I'm working with quite a few people now who are wanting to set up a service-based business and I'm mm. helping them grow that. So nice. um, that's currently what I'm working on and the best way to reach me is through my Instagram. Okay, DMs. DMs, <laughs> uh, which is at Colleen Egan Health and my website, nice. which is ColleenEgan.life. And you're getting married. I am getting married. <laughs> 24 days for right. scouting. C congratulations. <laughs> What's that Thank about? You. Leave us a little bit with that. I mean, leave us with a little bit of that love. You're coming with love, leaving love, and now we're talking about love. So much love. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. I yeah. met um, I met an amazing man. Nice. And he's his name is Mike. Hey Mike. hey Mike. Hey, what's up, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> He's been a huge uh, part of this whole transformational journey I've been on the last five months. That's awesome. uh, excuse me, five years. Yeah. Um, and we're getting married in Key Largo. Nice. With our closest family and friends. Nice. Congrats. Um, thank you. At the end of the month. Yeah, so. that's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I what I often tell anyone that's embarking on this beautiful journey is just, and which I don't have to tell you because it's who you are. But slow down and enjoy every second of it. It's so easy to get caught up in the details. Um, you know, a lot of times, half the people that are there, you don't even remember them. So you want to make yeah. sure that you're surrounded by people who are very powerful to you and show up for you in your life, right? Um, if that's the one thing I could leave. That's what I would say. But congratulations, 24 days and counting. Yes, yes. So right. excited. I'm a giver of books, <laughs> so I want to. I'm gonna come up with a, a really dope collection. I'll get. I'll get the tribe to help me out with it. But come up with a collection to give to you and your beautiful husband thank as you, you embark on this beautiful new journey. Thank you so but much. But Colleen, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for coming on our podcast and being able to share a little bit with our tribe. And tribe, there you go. That's 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 what we have for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to this beautiful discussion with such a warm and beautiful spirit. Um, be in touch. Reply. Thank you for having me. No, of course. <laughs> Cheers. Hey Tribe, so if you're excited about the Breathe Life content and you want to find other ways to stay connected, the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure to type in Fahim Mujahid or Breathe Life into the search bar and check out all the mindful things we have going on on your favorite platform.